hello, and welcome to episode 190 of Beyond the Weight with Henny and Sandy. Miss Henny. Okay, first of all, can we share the news? Sure. Oh my goodness, this is very exciting. Someone is coming to visit me. Finally! Very excited, very excited. But not only is she coming, but she's also been very generous to um, uh, accompany my granddaughter's so they're coming at the same time. It's going to be a super fun week. Yes. And so we're planning to go to Cusco, Machu Picchu. It's, it's, I'm very excited. Like the more, the more that we talk about it, the more excited I am. Yeah. So it's going to be a, a fantastic way to spend the March break. Yes. The March break. So it's super exciting. My granddaughters don't know yet. They're going to find out. I'm going to try if I can hold out and not tell them until Christmas Day. Okay, I was going to say, when are you going to tell them Christmas yes. Day? Okay. <laughs> yes. Yes, right. so it's all, all right. very exciting. But I'm very excited that you're coming. I'm very excited. It will be, it's going to be so cool. Go so cool. So much fun. It's, it just, it just seems wrong that it's taken this long for me to get there, but. Well, you know, it's better late than never. Correct. Yeah. Although, you know, the second half of that is better never late. Whoa. Oh, no, I've never heard that. That's oh, true. yeah. It's it's better late than never, but better never late. Oh, okay. <laughs> so. <laughs> so there's that. It's sort, of, it's sort of like the expression. What's the other expression that has two halves of it? Um, great minds think alike. Yeah. And fools never differ. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, so it's like if you just go with the first half of the expression, sounds like sounds like you're doing a really great thing. But then yeah. when you actually add the rest of it, you're like, oh, <laughs> never, mi- never mind. Never mind. Yeah, exactly. Never exactly. Mind. Never mind. Oh dear. Anyway. I, I, yeah. the, and the flights have been booked. Like it's yes. for real. For real. There is no cancellation insurance. So no, it's that's it's, right. It's Lemur bust. It's lemur bust. Yes. So we, uh, so I'm coming uh, the week before and spending a week. And then the four of us will be getting on a flight, an overnight flight. Yeah. Heading to Lima. Yep. Heading to Lima. And and then we're going to have a fun week together. We're going to have a very fun week together. Yes. 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 So that's the big news. That's the big, big news. It is. Um, so other news that is not so big. Okay. Is, uh, I don't know, a couple of weeks ago, I sent you a link because something was like a crotch rotter. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Why does it sound particularly funny when you call it a crotch rotter? <laughs> <laughs> There's something about, like, making a verb a noun that just sounds funny to me. Like, it's one thing to say it rots my crotch. I don't find that funny. Like, it's just something that, that you know, sure, it rots your crotch. But then when you call it a crotch okay. rotter, that's funny. <laughs> also kind of gross, but hey it's gross. It is gross. It's gross. Okay. All, All right. right. So what was the crotch rotter? Tell me. So, because every morning I have the same routine, right? So I get up and I, well, we have our when we're sitting down to breakfast and I'll go through the news app. So Globe and Mail usually, and then the CBC. And so um, something had, had popped up and it was uh, marketplace had done a episode or a bit mm-hmm. on mm-hmm. Um, gene sizing, like 
denim jeans. Mm -hmm. And so they had, I, I was like, I, you know, started reading through this article and I was like, this is very, very annoying. This mm -hmm. is wrong. This is like, why, why, why don't we have, this is, this is causes a lot of people, a lot of stress, mm -hmm. a lot of feelings of, um, body image issues mm -hmm. like it's just it's just totally wrong so anyway mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. anyway so the article basically compared 10 different um brands of jeans correct and male and female yeah. same size same like labeled size correct same yeah. label size so i think that they were like a 34 inch waist Right. Is what the jeans were. So they bought right. women's 34, men's 34. Right. 10 different brands. Right. It was like, um, I think there was like the Gap was there, um, uh, Old Navy, um, H&M, uh, Lee. Yeah. There were a couple of more high-end. Yeah. Yeah. Um, jeans as well. I can't remember what the brands all were. Yeah. So, so anyway... When, so I watched the video clip. So I went onto the news app ah. and I watched. And what they had done was they had not only just bought those jeans, but they also had two models. Oh, put them on. Yes. Interesting. Okay. I didn't, I read the article, but yeah. I didn't watch the video clips. And so, you know, the, the girl, she identified herself as a curvy girl. Mm-hmm. And when she put them on, yeah, sure, it was in the hip it fit, but it didn't fit in the waist. But that is generally, like, that. that, that is, you are a curvy girl, usually you have bigger butt and hips than waist. Mm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Doesn't make any sense that you either don't, you don't, that the waist is now buckled at the back, and now you have to, you can't even wear a belt on it because it's so big. So right. even though it fits great everywhere else. Right. But anyway, they were trying them on, comparing. So then the the one woman um, who was being interviewed about this, because I think they call it vanity sizing. Yes, 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 yes. Right? And so vanity sizing is just that you will buy a size. They size things down. Yeah. The number down. Mm-hmm a lot of times just to make us feel better about ourselves. Right. So, so what's happening is it's a 34 inch waist, but they label it as like a 31. Correct. Or, but they had bought 34 inch pants. Like the, the label said 34 inch. Okay. Some of them were like 39. Right. What in the actual? Yeah, hat? I think I remember. I think I think I think one pair was actually smaller than a thirty-four, and and one one or two of them were true to size, and all of the others were actually larger. Correct. Yeah, 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 yeah. I remember that. But substantially larger. Which and is there was more. There was more variation in the women's jeans correct. than there was in the men's jeans. That is correct. So I think that the the. The one brand, um, no, I can't remember. I think it might have been 
old navy was the one that was the closest so the cheapest jeans yeah. were the ones that were the closest to, to what was actually a true size, size. yeah correct yeah yes. i remember that 100 percent from the article and so they emailed all of the companies to ask them about it yeah and they all said that they they don't you know they don't buy into vanity sizing but that depending on the cut of the gene, that the waist, well, the waist size should not change. A 34, 34 inches is 34 inches. Like whether it's a boot cut or a flare, <laughs> the waist size is the waist size. Yeah. I mean, the only thing that I could see adjusting it, like the fit a little bit would be is if the denim had spandex in it. Yeah. You know, but even then, like the waist is not an elastic band. Well, that that's the thing. And that's what like H&M was said. Well, it depends. There's so many different styles because, I mean, I have like, you know, I think it's mom's baggy fit from H&M. Mm -hmm. But I also have like uh, 80s high waist or something. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. But they are both different sizes that right. I have bought. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so... They do tend to fit, obviously, differently. differently I mean, they're yeah. both baggy. Mm -hmm. And I had gone, like, the one, the baggy, like, the, the mom's baggy jeans, I did try and go the size down. Because once I, you know what jeans are like, once you wear them for a little while, then they, they, yeah. they, the jeans, the denim they, stretches. Yeah, and correct. so then, I like, my crotch is at my knees, you know? So not only is that rotting my crotch, but I also... <laughs> but it's also a dangling crotch. It is, and it's just a bad <laughs> look all around. Yes. Yeah. On a 57-year-old woman. I mean, no one needs to see that. You know, I mean, there's already things are already not in the places that they used to be. But, you know, <laughs> we don't need clothing to accentuate that. <laughs> and call attention to. <laughs> fair, fair. So I feel the same way. <laughs> <laughs> but, but what I found interesting was, I believe it was in the 70s when the when Canada went away from actually having a set um, standard that manufacturers had to adhere to to give you some consistency across brands. Hmm. And I like I'm I re I remember probably like when Jess so my so Jess my daughter is thirty. So I do remember when she, like, when we started, like, buying her jeans when she was out of kids' sizes and that. Right. Seeing things that were size zero. What does that even mean? Mm -hmm. How are you a zero? Yeah, I don't know. That's, yeah. things changed at that point. Right. Yeah. And I also know, like, as a, as a, you know, when I was, like, in grade seven and eight, I know that when I went to Woolco, and I was buying my my pants to match mm -hmm. my girlfriend. She had navy blue and a pink top, and I had brown pants and an orange top. <laughs> I was like a lady size 14. Right. If I took a lady size 14 now, like if like not meaning like if I wore that, but if I went and picked one up, mm -hmm. that is not gonna fit me. Mm-hmm. My, but my, my dimensions haven't changed. Right, 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 right. 
but the clothing has. Yeah. And that is what really screws people up. Like mm-hmm. that's really what plays with us about feeling terrible about ourselves rather than just being able to go in and there's more standardization. Like to have a deviation of three, four, five, six, seven inches, that's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's no, you would, you would expect from manufacturing that there could be a deviation of, let's say an inch. Yeah. Right. But Mm -hmm. more than that, that's not a mistake. That's not like sloppy, like, uh, you know, sloppy sewmanship. Is that even a word? I don't know. But you know what I mean? Like, that's not a machine, you know, scooping a little more fabric or a little less fabric than it should have. Like, like. Yeah, it's significantly different. It's so, it's just so interesting to me. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I don't, even the, the whole, yeah, like the whole idea of vanity sizing is very funny to me because like, I don't, I don't know. Does it, I don't know. I was going to say like, does it, does it, make you feel so much better if you're a size zero than if you're a size four? Like, does that matter? I, I don't know. But then, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I don't, I, to me, it's, to me, the frustrating part of it is I can't, I can't, go into a store and know what size I am. That's That's what's frustrating to me. Correct. Right. I go into a store and I don't know if I'm a 12 or a 14 or a 16 or an 18. I I don't know. I could be any of those sizes. Correct. Depending on the store that I'm in and the piece of clothing that I'm choosing. Mm -hmm. And so, and I find that for, for, like for me, for a, from a, the like a self esteem and self conscious standpoint it makes no difference like I, I don't care but from a this is just annoying because now I have to take three sizes off the rack to yeah. try it on because I don't know which size I am mm-hmm. like that that's the like for me I just find it a nuisance right yeah mm-hmm. I agree but, but I could appreciate I could appreciate that if you were a person who wore like a medium in, in everything and you always wore a medium and then in this, at this one store, you know, you wear a large, you know, that Mm -hmm. I could appreciate that that would be a little bit of like a a mind shift or a mind trick to be like, okay, so in all of these places, I'm a medium, but in this one spot, I'm a large, like why, Yeah. What, why am I different here? You know, mm-hmm. why don't, why don't I almost like, why don't I fit in, in this particular spot? You know, so I could appreciate yeah. that those kinds of things might be difficult for someone to, to sort of navigate, but for the most part, I just find it a nuisance. Yeah. Uh, so do I and like especially like I'm thinking I know you know um the last couple of weeks we've been talking you know as we're getting closer and closer to the holidays the last couple of weeks we've been talking about gift giving and buying gifts and asking things and stress about money and stress about you know 
like all of that. And, you know, and I kid you not, one of my siblings called me yesterday and said, so if someone were to buy you uh, uh. this, like what size would you need? And I'm like, I don't even know. Like, I think this is what I would be like, you know, like, but, but I'm not sure, you know, so that's annoying too. (laughs) For sure. For sure. It is. Especially because the thing that they're going to order me, I'm really going to like it. So I hope it fits. (laughs) Yeah. (sighs) Okay. Honey, you say it doesn't bother you now. You don't, it's except for being annoying, but it doesn't make you feel any differently about your body or think that you haven't like that, that you, sh- that you're not working as hard as you should be and that things have changed. But was there ever a point in your life when it did? I'm, I'm going to say mostly no with a, with a caveat. So I say mostly no because, because I spent most of my, well, as a very young child, I only ever wore hand-me-downs. Okay. From older cousins. And uh, and then when I had to start, like, in my later elementary school years, so, like, maybe grade 7, grade 8, and into high school, like, when I, when I had to, like, get clothes purchased for me, I always, like, at that point in my life already, I was, like, I needed clothes from a plus-size store. So I only ever shopped in a plus-size store my whole life. I never shopped in a in a regular store until, well, until the first time I lost weight when I was 18, 19. Mm. Mm-hmm. And then that was only for a very brief, <laughs> brief blip of time. And then I didn't shop in a regular store again until I was well into my thirties. Mm. So, so I only, so my whole life was in plus sizes and, and not like a 14, <laughs> you know? Yeah. So, so most of my life I wore 20, 22, 24, 26. And yeah. to me, if it said 24, if it said 20, if it was a 3X or if it was a 4X, like it didn't change anything. I mean, they were, they were large sizes. They were Mm. plus sizes and they were the larger of the plus sizes. And it always was like that. I think maybe that's why it never really, I don't think that it really wreaked havoc on my sense of self any more than living in a large body did like the number on the tag didn't really mean anything to me because it because I think maybe that's why maybe because it was so it always was yeah you know um what did what did and I think I've said this like maybe ages ago on the podcast already but um what did bother me was it, I was very uncomfortable 
like if I were out shopping with friends in high school or in university or even after university, mm-hmm. if like friends wanted to go clothes shopping, that made me very uncomfortable because we would be in stores that I knew not a single thing in this store except for maybe the rack of socks fit yeah. me. Yeah. And, and like, and the people, like my friends didn't always realize that. Like, mm. like, and so I, I remember several, several specific times when friends of mine would say like, oh my goodness, like this would look so good on you. Or, oh, you should see if they have this in your size or like, oh, you should try this on. Or like, they would say things like that to me. And, and they were fully being like friends shopping, you know, yeah. <laughs> and, and I did not like it. Because it made me very uncomfortable because I was acutely aware that they did not have my size, that this would not fit me. And, you know, and, but like, also, I never felt, I never felt like I could say that. Mm. Yeah. You know, I always was just sort of like oh you know it's okay or like oh you know or or I would just say like oh no like I checked they didn't have my size like I would say things like that like just to sort of get out of the conversation because it was Mm. not a conversation I wanted to have yeah and I also remember a couple of times when I might like I would have been wearing something and someone would have said like I remember two times in particular where I was wearing something and then someone who was thin said to me, like com- commented on whatever it was I was wearing that they really liked it and asked me where I got it. Uh, yeah. And both times I remember being like a deer in headlights because I, I didn't, yeah, like, like how do you tell a person who shops at Arden, you know, yeah. or, or, uh, yeah you know, Susie, Susie Shear, you know, like how yeah. do you tell those people that, oh, oh I bought it at Additionnel? Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, and it wasn't, it wasn't that I was embarrassed that it was a plus size because obviously it was a plus size. It was embarrassing for me because it was not something that I could have shared with that person, you know, like, like Mm. I had to buy this at a place where you can't shop because you're not large enough, you know, like, like it was that bit that I remember it made me very, very uncomfortable. Mm. I think, I think in, in more recent years where my size is such that I straddle the line between like the larger sizes in a regular store and the smallest sizes in a plus size store that I, that I feel a little more comfortable going back and forth and not really caring and, and being a little like, I don't know, maybe, so maybe there's more to it than I realize, but and so just having you share that, does, do you think, because I know that you do not like to go shopping into a store to go and buy anything. Do you think that that could be one of the reasons why it was just, it has never really been a pleasant experience for you? You know, that's not, it's not actually a hundred percent true. I, I actually quite like, like going into a change room and trying a whole bunch of stuff on. Really? Uh, yeah, yeah. I actually quite enjoy that 
that uh, experience, especially like, yeah, especially like my sister and I would go together and we would both get an armload of stuff and then okay. like try it on and then come out into the, like into the little change room area. And like, like all of that, I, I quite like, I love to go to old Navy and grab like 10 things. And then they are like, you know, rolling their eyes at me because I have too many items for the change room. You know, like I actually don't mind doing that at all. Um, yeah, I think sometimes I, you know what, what I don't like is if there is a specific thing that I need that I have to find, you know, like, like, let's mm -hmm. say I need like a specific white shirt that has a collar that has a sleeve that has, you know, like if it's something specific, it stresses me out. But if it's just like to go and get clothes, I actually don't mind that. Okay. That's so interesting. Cause that is not. Uh, because I know that you order a lot of stuff online. You, truly, I think a lot of that has has been pandemic related. Really? Because so we so before that, because we've never been shopping together. You know why? Because <laughs> because you like to go to a place like Winners where there is no organization and it's all just a whole like kerfuffle of stuff and you like to sift through and find the great <laughs> sale. I don't want that. I want to go into a store where there are 500 of the exact same thing and you can just look on the rack for your size and pick it out. <laughs> okay. I, I mean, I maybe, I mean, there are many reasons why we haven't shopped together. I think. <laughs> Because I shop at GT, <laughs> not that, it makes and me Costco. <laughs> it makes me sound very, very snobby, and I'm not at all. Um, but I think that the time that we've had together didn't necessarily yes, uh, lend itself to shopping. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think that the store that we would both enjoy shopping together at is Reitman's. Yes, I I love I love a Reitman's. Yeah, and see from and I don't like Old Navy because I can never find anything. So, yeah, I Old Navy is not my favorite place to you know Old Navy is not my favorite place to shop because I find well because the clothing is cheaply made right so yeah. so it doesn't like even if it is your size it still doesn't fit <laughs> right <laughs> but. I will say that Old Navy, the jeans, I do have very good success with blue jeans at Old Navy. And I also find that Old Navy is good for like a little sundress situation. Mm -hmm. um, okay. Old Navy is good for that too. But yeah. no, no, but I really, I really like Reebens. We would, we would enjoy, and that's, and that's the kind of clothing store I like to shop at. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, Reebens is one of my it always was one of my favorite places. I would buy a lot of things for work at Reitman's. Yeah. Reitman's and Mark's Work Warehouse, which you have just discovered. I only and... just discovered Mark's Work Warehouse. Why did I not know? Yeah. No, they have. They do have some very, very nice stuff in there. Very nice stuff in there. Yeah. Yeah. Honestly, I, I walked in and I and I was a little overwhelmed with all of the like really beautiful, <laughs> really beautiful clothing. Yeah. And it was like this rack, you know, and this table and that table and it was sales all over the place. And I thought, yeah. I mean, 
I I cannot I cannot walk out of here without something. Mm. I got a, a nice big oversized fluffy turtleneck purple sweater, oh, and it was beautiful. The color looks very cozy and wonderful. Mm -hmm. Looks beautiful on you. Yeah. Okay. So anyway, I I do wish that there were some guidelines for manufacturers. For instance, at Canadian Tire. Like we would randomly have somebody come in, especially when we got seasonal products like Christmas stuff. And this, they would come in to make sure that the tags on them said that they were one or they were in English and French. Mm. That the, whatever the material was, that was all stated on it. And okay. so they randomly take products. Right. And do, do some sort of an audit. Correct. Yeah. Okay. Oh, interesting. But, but that would also be something that would be very simple, uh, you know, to just to have some standardization. The, the thing is, if you don't yeah. have any standardization, no one's going to do it. If you no. do, most people will. Correct. Correct. Right. Correct. So, yeah. Anyway. Anyways, I mean, I think it, I think it was good to read that. And that's why I like Marketplace. They do some interesting. Yeah. Deep dives into stuff. Yeah, you know? I like that. Um, because I think that 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 can be very helpful for um, for yourself for people's self esteem. You know. Yeah. You know, yeah. Sandy, you're just just whatever it was that you just said. It just reminded me of a conversation that I had with uh, with a teacher at school today. Actually, like this just happened. She. Oh, because you were talking about self. I was like, why did my brain go there? But because you were talking about self-esteem. So one of the grade seven classes that I teach, their homeroom teacher was talking to me today at lunchtime. And she was saying that they had, oh, that she had put together this lesson on self-esteem. Because what she's finding with her students is that in general as a class they are not very nice to each other and that they're not very nice to themselves and and so she wanted to do this lesson on self-esteem and talk about how important it is to you know value yourself and recognize the good parts of yourself so that you know so that you are protected against other people when they you know when they have you know not as nice things to say or whatever like and she you know she wanted to do this little lesson and so she was telling me about it and so you know so I'm just listening and and so as a part of the exercise at the end of whatever the lesson was like the last thing they did was each kid um, had a section of the chalkboard where they could write three words to like that that I like that describe them like three just uh, three characteristics or three uh, adjectives to describe them and so she said you know like different kids wrote things like you know funny or um, intelligent or patient or like determined you know like they wrote different words like that and one of the students wrote mean, bossy, and something else that was also negative. And another one of the students wrote um, unkind, 
judgmental and something else. I can't remember what the third word was for each of them. Why, why at 12 years old are of all the words that you could use to describe yourself and like you've just done an entire discussion and lesson and learning about self-esteem and building yourself up and building others up and then the the words that you come up with to describe yourself are those? Yeah. Now, were they just being little a-holes? Like, <sighs> to do the opposite of what the exercise I, was I meant? I think from what I, because I see these kids three times a week, right? And so from what I get, I think these two kids are just sort of, I think they're proud of the fact that these uh, are the words that they would use to describe themselves. Hmm. And like, but like, what a sad world to live in where the, the thing that you are the most proud of about yourself is that you are unkind, judgmental, mean, and bossy. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But, I mean, clearly, they, that, I mean, they, they're just, one, they don't want to be vulnerable and actually say anything where mm -hmm. that contradicts who, how they've established themselves in the past. Well, and that's it, exactly. And that's it, exactly, right? Like, these, these are the words, these are the words that you have chosen for yourself. This is what mm -hmm. you want other people to know of about you. But, I mean, that is sad. Very yeah, anyway, I just like that. I'd almost forgotten about that conversation, but then with yeah. your self-esteem, I was thinking about that. Yeah. But I mean, to me, that just proves this teacher's point that these kids have such poor self-esteem. You know, like yeah. you, you feel so uncomfortable and unhappy with yourself that when given the opportunity to give yourself some identif identifiers, you choose harsh and negative words. For sure. Yeah. 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 Anyway, that was, that, that, that was just on my mind at this moment because of, of because of the comment about self-esteem, but. Yeah, but I mean, let's think about that because at 12 years old, and this is how they identify, this is where they feel that they fit in. This mm -hmm. is what they've, what's been, cre they've either, they've created this for themselves. Mm -hmm. But, but the thing is, is that they're just going to, and they're, and then they've, they've actually not just non-verbally established this, but they've actually now put, you know, yep. put pen to paper, just, yep. that, you know. Yep. And so that just reinforces that. Mm -hmm. For themselves and yes. for everyone around them. For themselves is really what's scary yeah. because, you know, the we all know that the more we say things, the more we tend to, yes. to believe it to be true. Yes, yes. Whether it is or not, it yeah. takes a lot of work to unwind all of that. Yeah, yeah, you're so right. Yeah, it's very sad. It's very, very yeah, sad. I know. I know. Very sad. Very sad. So. All right. Um, so speaking of very sad. 
<laughs> it wasn't really very sad, but it had very sad moments. Yeah. Uh, this past weekend, you sent me a text that was like, have you seen this documentary? You have mm. to watch it. And so I did. And I cried several times. <laughs> so I thought maybe we could talk a little bit about that. Sure, let's do it. Okay, so the documentary is called Stutz. Mm -hmm. Is that right? Yep. Uh, and it's on Netflix. And it really, really was an interesting premise because the idea was that it was going to be a documentary about this psychiatrist whose whose last name his last name is Stutz, right? Mhm. Yeah. And but it it turns into more than that, right? So it's Jonah Hill and he's directing this this documentary and he wants to so he is a patient of this psychiatrist and he wants to do a documentary about the psychiatrist because he, the, the psychiatrist is very well known for a lot of the tools and strategies that he, that he uses with his patients. And so Jonah Hill says at the beginning, he's like, I want to do this documentary because I want the masses to hear about these strategies and to learn, like maybe they can pick up something that might be useful to them because so many of these tools and strategies that you've given me have been life-changing. Mm. And, but then as the documentary unfolds and as they, they film and they talk and they, and they get further into it by the end, it becomes like, I've done this because I really love and admire you as a person and as a professional. And I wanted to have this time to, to think through these ideas and to talk with you, you know, like, mm. so it was, it was really sweet the way that he identified how his thinking about what the documentary was going to be shifted as they did it. Right. Yeah. But they did go through a bunch of different strategies and resources and tools that that Stutz promotes with his clients. And, and it was quite interesting. Mm -hmm. So I wonder, I don't know, what what am I missing? What what else could you say? No, I think I think that you you covered it. So Stutz has written books about with his um, steps. Oh, okay. So, and so I, cause I Googled this guy to see who is this guy. Right. Yeah. And I mean, he is someone that a lot of, uh, famous people do or go to or have used in the past, but mm -hmm. his career started with him being the prison psychiatrist at Rikers. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Before he went into private practice. Oh, okay. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Okay. Interest, interesting also that during Jonah started asking him more personal things. Mm -hmm. And at first he was like, no, I'm the one asked the questions. Like, we're not getting into this. Mm -hmm. 
and throughout they decide that they both need to be extremely vulnerable at that exchange yeah has to happen um at the beginning i it was interesting because um because i i also go to therapy and um when you you see on tv it's like they go in and and it's exactly like they said is like you know the person's there like and says you know and how do you feel about that? Correct. <laughs> and 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 what would you like to accomplish today? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and and so I was thinking about because I remember when I I the first time I went to go and see Beatrice, mm-hmm. um, and the first thing is like as soon as she opened the door, she gave me a big hug, and so that immediately was like, okay, this is the right person, mm. you know that I yeah, but mm-hmm. she. She when when we sat down, she just kind of sat and I just kind of looked at her. She kind of looked at me and she smiled and she just said, you know, what is it I can help you with? You know, not, you know, what has brought you here? Yeah. What is, what's the issue? Or from what from your message, I understand this is what's going on. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I, I was that was one thing that I was, you know, as as the um, documentary was was going on, I was doing a little bit of a comparison. Right, right, right. Yeah, and, I mean, I think it would be impossible not to um, to say, oh, okay, okay. I I find it. I I, I really liked his um, the the strategies that he used. So that that first one was the triangle. Right. Which is almost like Maslow's hierarchy, hierarchy of, needs. of needs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought the same thing. Right. And so, but I think even better, actually. I, I agree because, yeah. he, because he said, you know, the first thing I need to do is when someone comes in, I need, I, I, it's important to give them something that they can work on and feel better immediately. Mm-hmm. And and I think that that's really important because for for a lot of people who end up, I mean, when you're engaged in that therapy, the last thing you want is just to have a total breakdown the first time you go and leave feeling depleted, mm-hmm. waiting for the next time that you go. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. his his strategies was like, was a triangle with three things. So the first one was uh, body. Mm-hmm. And he said, the first thing that you can do is to exercise, get enough sleep, and eat better. Mm-hmm. Those three things. Mm-hmm. And, and in fact, I'm pretty sure that he said that 85% of like, like, like as far as if you're thinking about like what is going to make you feel better, yeah, eighty five percent of what will make you feel better is sleeping well, eating well, and exercising. And 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 so I thought about even right away. I was like, oh, that's like the one thing that people. I think sleep is the one thing, and we've talked a lot about sleep. Mm-hmm. The sleep is the one thing that people discount as to or don't understand how powerful that is yeah and how how it it can make 
everything better just because you're in a better place to handle things. Mm -hmm. You're not, you know, coming from a place of a deficit. Yep. And just trying to, you know, tread water um, and, and stay, stay afloat. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So, so I thought, okay, that was interesting. So that was the bottom, the base. Mm -hmm. Then the next thing, um, the next thing was personal with people. It was people. Yeah. People relation. Yeah. And relationships. Yeah. And so what did he say about that? Well, that was because really it's like the triangle is really about the things you have to take care of. So first you take care of your body, right? Then you take care of relationships. So that's when you, you know, reach out and call a friend or touch base with this person or go and have coffee with that person or, you know, like you, you, you rebuild or continue to build the relationships that are important to you. Well, I think that's the thing too, is that it, because there could be relationships that are toxic relationships. Right. That maybe you need to step back from. Correct. Correct. Yeah, that's it. That it's all about um, caring for relationships, which might mean stoking a relationship or it might mean, yeah, you know, Closing the damper. Uh, Closing close the damper. Yeah, we, weeding one out. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. And then the last thing was yourself. Right. But, but he's, and he said like, and I like that idea of, of the triangle with the base, right. That he said, there's, there's no point in trying to care better for yourself. If your body is yeah. not being taken care of, like exactly. you first have to get that under control. Mm-hmm. You know, you first have to have to manage the, those physical things that that need to be cared for. Yeah. Then you can, you know, care for others, and then and then you and then at that point, you really can tap into what is it that I need to do to care genuinely for myself. Yeah. Now, what the thing for um, that that as soon as as he was explaining that, Jonah said that was the thing that I had never ever considered was about my body and about exercise and eating better because it had always been mm, said to me in a negative way about not being like I was overweight as a kid. It was, it was a thing like a more of a punishment Mm -hmm. rather he said it. And that was like a light bulb moment for him to be Mm -hmm. like, what? Do you mean that I can actually, if I do that, it will help like my mental health will mm-hmm. improve? Yeah, yeah. He he made a real clear point of saying that 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 never in his life had he realized or been made to realize that there was a connection between physical health and mental health. Yeah. That that it was that any conversation in his whole life about exercising or eating well was always related to what felt punitive. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Like you're not mm-hmm. you're not good enough, therefore you must eat like this. Yes. Right? Or you know, you are you're to this or to that or not mm-hmm. enough this, not enough that, therefore you must exercise. Whereas yeah. this is about in order to be your best self, in order to feel your best, you have to move your body and eat well. Yeah. 
And it was a complete, and you know, and, and it's not only like, this is something that I need to do, but really it's something that everyone needs to do. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, I mean, I also, I, w- I actually found one part um, triggering for me. Yeah. And, um, and then the next day I was just totally all effed up about it. Yeah. Um, we don't have to talk about that. No, but, <laughs> but, um, but it was because his mother came on. And yeah. so for him, he, because, uh, he, it was, it was the messaging, um, and growing up the expectations about his weight and what he should do about it. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the messaging came from his mom. Mm-hmm. And so his mom, it was interesting to watch them because it was the mom had, had never, they never discussed this. Mm-hmm. And so now they're filming a documentary mm-hmm. and, she, and he's like, no, you can say whatever you want to say, but you can see in her, it's like, you say that, mm-hmm. but can I really, <laughs> but I'm not really sure that's what you mean. You yeah. Know? Yeah. And um, anyways, so, but, but she said, I mean, of, of, of her and her mom and she had a sister, she was the bigger one. Mm-hmm. So all the things that she also had said to, to him mm-hmm. were the things that the messages that she had received. Mm-hmm. And as a result of that, she didn't think that she had been doing anything wrong. No. And I think part of it too, my impression from hearing her speak was that she was trying to protect him yes. from how out of place she felt as, a, as the larger of the siblings, Yes, you know, and, and, and then she did say like, I know now better, but at the time she didn't. Yeah. And, and so that for me was triggering because I, I've done the same thing, you know, and for them, obviously that was the first time they'd really honestly chatted about it. That was, yeah, that was, that was something for me too. Yeah. Um, I I mean, I did cry at that point. Yeah. It's similar for me, you know, like, I, I mean, the... I, I always, my whole life, the messaging was you're, you're, you shouldn't be this weight. Mm. And these are the things that you could do to change that. And me, and now we're going to push you to do them. And now we're going to let off a little bit. And I don't feel like it sat the same way with me as as I got the impression it did for Jonah. I I wonder yeah. if some of it was that it always was like for my parents, it was always we the three of us were in it together. Mm. Because it never was a case of you Henny have to lose weight and everyone else is fine. It was always you have to lose weight and so do we mom and dad and so we are all going to do something together so that we Mm. all lose weight you know like and even the first time that I joined WW when I was 18 I I got a WW subscription for my 18th birthday (laughs) but (laughs) it was like my dad and I did it together you know like it never in any of my memory was just me 
it was always just me when it came to my siblings because all of my siblings were very thin as children. Um, but, but it was never just me in the family. It was always me and dad or me and mom and dad. Mm. And so I wonder if that is a difference that, that felt not as isolating for me or not as wrong for me. I, I don't know. But to hear, like to hear that whole conversation, it was, it was very moving for me to watch it happen um, because so many pieces of it felt like that could be me and my mom talking, but then there were also pieces of it that was like, okay, but that's not the same for me, you know, like it, yeah. so it was, it was interesting to watch that, you know, mm-hmm. and then of course, like, you know, you get walloped with the guilt because then, you know, at, at one point in that conversation, you know, his mom says, you know, you know, Jonah only calls me like when he's had a rough day or when he needs help with something, yeah. or, like, you know, like, and I was like, ugh, yeah. And so she's, and so the mom said, like, I would just, I would like for him to call me like when he's had a good day too, you know? Yeah. And yeah. so. And also she made a point of saying that she has to like, it's tread lightly at times and be very careful about what she says. Mm-hmm. And, and so for me, I thought about, you know, of my three kids, there's only one that I don't ever feel like that with. Right. One that I always feel like that with. And one that I've learned over time when to, when I need to and when it's okay not to. Right. And yeah. so the one where I, I sometimes do, sometimes don't, even if I did like, you know, have a miss, misstep or miss, I misspoke. <laughs> yeah. I can usually, it's usually okay. It's usually okay. You know, there's yeah. not, not when, not when he was younger, but now it's okay. Yeah. Right, right, right. Um, and so that also really struck. I think it struck me because it was almost nice. I know that obviously I'm not the only person. Yeah. Only parent. But it was also very, it was just nice, I think, to hear that. Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. And, and so the whole conversation was, I could have, it, I I mean, the next day, Phil and I were, you know, on our bike ride, and I, and, and we were, like, talking about it, because when we were watching it that night, there were a couple, I said, if you want to turn this off, we can turn it off, because it was really slow. I don't think I found it as slow as you did. I, you know why, though, Henny, because I, I actually thought I should just be watching this on my own. Mm. that this is not something that Phil's interested in. Okay. And, and I think had I watched it with Mark, I would have felt the same way. So I would have been like, he's bored. I I feel bad. Yeah. 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 One of the strategies is when you look at, is it your shadow? Mm -hmm. So it's like whatever you're carrying around and Jonah had his, like this massive, Mm-hmm. Hardboard cut out of him at fourteen, mm-hmm. 
I think both of us can identify with that is that sometimes even when you are outside of a large that larger body but you mm-hmm. still feel those feels yeah like that person yeah. yeah and so the strategy was like trying to bring those two together like so that you recognize that you are still doesn't matter what the outside shell is that core person is still the same it's still you yeah and I know I think at that point like I was thinking it's about like Phil doesn't even have one like Phil doesn't have a shadow but I think everybody but everybody has a shadow well everybody has a shadow that's it like like not everyone's shadow is an overweight teenager yeah I mean that's my shadow an overweight teenager yeah. <laughs> yeah. but but that's not everyone's shadow right like I think you know your shadow is any is is yourself at any moment in time when you didn't love the person that you were yeah you know and so it it doesn't necessarily have to have anything to do with size right no no truthfully i would highly recommend the documentary <laughs> yeah i i i found it I found it heartwarming. I thought their relationship was so loving. Yes. And and I thought it was very tenderly done mm-hmm. um, while still being very hard-hitting. You know, like, it, mm-hmm. it, it feels like an oxymoron to say that something was both hard and tender, but but it really was. Yeah. Yeah. And it yeah, and it and it made I mean certainly like a couple of those strategies were were things that you could easily apply in your everyday life with no effort at all, really. Cuz mm-hmm. like one of the strategies was just gratitude. Yeah. Like practicing thinking like saying out loud the things that you're grateful for and and the one thing I appreciated that he said was, you know, you have to it has to be novel. You can't say the same things every day. Yes. yes. You know, it has to always yeah. be something different and something small and something, you know, like, and I, it's like just things like that, you know, so many just real applicable, mm-hmm. real life kind of thing. Yeah. Well, if Funny. you have, like anyone who's listening, if you've seen the documentary, let us know what you thought. And if you haven't seen it, but you watch it like in the next, you know, a little while, you know, send us a message or, um, you know, let us know what you, what you thought of it because, um, I'm, uh, yeah, I'm interested. I'd love to talk about it more. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. Me too. Maybe I need to rewatch it too. (laughs) Yeah. Find myself with a bowl of ice cream. No, I'm kidding. (laughs) (laughs) A tub of Ben and Jerry's. All right. Well, Sandy, it's always such a pleasure to chat with you. Thank you for your your time and your energy this evening. I was feeling very tired at the beginning, but I'm yeah. bright-eyed and bushy-tailed now. <laughs> All right, friend. Well, thank you, um, and enjoy the rest of your evening. All right. And we'll uh, we'll chat again soon. All right. Okay. Bye.